We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Well, everyone, the day has come. We've been warning you about this for a while now. We've all known it was going to happen. Um, the Indians made a move uh, this offseason, uh, one that we've known about for quite some time would happen, and uh, it has finally come to fruition. They have avoided arbitration with Nick Whitgren. Oh, oh, shit. Okay, wait. Nope, sorry. Oh, wait, scratch that. That was going to be this episode until this just happened. Francisco Lindor has been traded. Welcome to the California Penal League Podcast, everybody. Uh, this is going to be a safe, pla- a safe place for our emotions and feelings today. I'm Steve. Uh, with me is Chris and Fabs, who is a mad dog. We are about to let off the leash. So <laughs> we were... This I, is it, Okay, so if you don't already know, as an Indians fan, where have you been? But in the past few days, we've learned that Francisco Lind... Not only Francisco Lindor has been traded, but... Something of a surprise as a throw-in to the New York Mets was somebody that was like sort of thrown out there in some inklings of rumors in the last few weeks. I thought maybe it was just poo-poo stuff, but I guess it was real. So I guess the rumblings should have been uh, should not have been ignored. But uh, Carlos Carrasco, beloved fan favorite Carlos Carrasco, was thrown into the deal literally as a salary dump <laughs> for the Indians to the Mets. Uh, it was a six-player deal, two Indians, uh, beloved Indians players gone for in return. We'll get into those guys here soon, but let's get, we'll get everybody's initial kind of thoughts here as we dive into all the specifics. But my initial, after after two days to process this, we were going to record like the night of, or whatever it was, we were going to record the night of the trade, but I needed to process my feelings a little bit. I think um, it was yesterday. It wasn't the I think it was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Jesus so Christ. Been, already, Being a Cleveland fan in the last yeah. like four days, <laughs> the only day of rest we had where there was no COVID was the day the Capitol was taken over by MAGA people. So it's been <laughs> that kind of fucking week. Yeah. 2021 is, it could it could wrap up anytime now. I, right. I'll, I'll just like move into 2022. Like, let's just call this one a watch. That was our best so. week. That was our best day of the week was when the Capitol was overtaken. <laughs> As as Cleveland sports fans, as Cleveland, as Cleveland sports fans, yeah. <laughs> Although we could probably find out something like heinous happened with like the teams, but we were we'll too find busy out Baker focusing was on like that. one of the people leading like the Pratt boys. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I think something happened with the Cavs um, on Wednesday. They won, right? Uh, did, did they, they win, win or did <laughs> or did they lose half their roster? I can't keep it straight anymore. Oh, they lost like half the roster. Yeah. Garland's out, Sexton's out. Okoro had some like awesome clutch. I'm like getting more excited about him. I was literally on eBay an hour ago looking at auto prices for some of his like rookie <laughs> stuff. Just because bas- basketball resale right now is insane. And he had like four big time shutdown defensive plays. Granted, they were playing a depleted Memphis team at home without a win John is Moran. a win. Uh, he's still a win is a win. They're five and four. When yeah, buddy. Sexton and Garland and going like they're like a legitimately at least fun watchable team. Like I, I don't think they're make make the playoffs, but I think they might be like ninth or tenth in the East, which is that's, better than like that's going to get into that game. playoff bubble this year, though. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Okay, yeah, that's really fun yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. So hey, yeah. Not well, to, you know that's something, to become a Cavs that is podcast, something that, but yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> 
Well, that's the gonna one be something that'll podcast. occupy. Check us out. <laughs> that'll occupy we, your time when the episodes. Uh, <laughs> that'll occupy your time after uh, April when the Indians are like four games under 500 and the offense is somehow worse than it was last year. So <laughs> we will have to rebrand as a Cavs podcast come spring. So, dude, I was already good, thinking about good how dip, dreadful, dip your toe in the water. How yeah, dreadful. Like well, June, July are going to be. Well, let's just let's just see here. So. We'll we'll get into it. Um, yeah, watch your mouths, guys. Come my on. My initial reaction. My initial reaction is, uh, I would say I'm underwhelmed. Obviously, it's a typical trade in that you really can't make a full, you know, uh, opinion of the trade for you know what four or five years at this point. But I would say I'm I'm extremely underwhelmed by what we received in return to help us in the short term. And now, now I'll let you guys go. Because that's that's where I lie still currently. So I'll get angry in a little bit, but like my initial thoughts, because we were all texting. Like I, I think I was the one who saw it first. Uh, Chris was in a meeting, so Steve and I were like going back and forth, getting excited. Like, oh my god, it's happening! Because we all knew this was going to happen. For any of the people online or in like the media who were like, I can't believe Cleveland did this in terms of getting rid of Lindor you're fucking brain dead. Like the writing (laughs) has been on the wall for so long. Like there was no way Cleveland after their owner came out saying like, Oh, we lost $70 million is going to then be like, Oh, here's a $350 million contract though. Like that, that wasn't happening. So like that wasn't the shocking part. It was so like, there were some people uh, I was re-listening to our Lindor uh, trade podcast. Uh, There were some people like we were looking for, and like uh Jimenez like was the first name that came up. I was like, okay, cool, like we're on target. And then more names were coming in and it became a problem because I didn't recognize like, any of them other than like <laughs> Rosario. Uh I was waiting for like Smith or some kind of impactful outfielder. And so it was just like super underwhelming also. And I was like, oh, this sucks. But then Steve, I get a text from Steve that says, fuck. And that's when uh it was revealed, <laughs> passed and revealed that. Carrasco is part of the t- deal and that my heart just like broke. And yeah. I, my immediate thought was like, okay, I'm done with this team. Like I, I just can't, I can't do this. That's going to obviously be a problem because I co-host a Cleveland Indians podcast. So like that, I guess I'll have to like watch this team still, but <laughs> I, my heart was just like, so out of being a fan of this team and it had yeah. nothing to do with Lindor being traded. Yeah. The, the Lindor part of it and uh, Sorry, Steve. I was say, Spam, you're just going to give us a cynical, uh, jaded fan viewpoint from henceforth, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like non rational going forward. So, perfect. Like, <laughs> fair <laughs> warning. <laughs> People have been warned. No, I mean, I, I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor here, Chris, in a second, but I'm, I'm just backing what you said, Fabs. It's like, I, let it be known, I am not upset the Indians traded Lindor by any means. Uh, that's yeah, that I was, it wasn't that I was like looking forward to it or whatever. It's like, I've made my peace with it and it makes sense from like a baseball perspective and a business perspective for the Indians. So it's like, that wasn't the problem, but yeah, we'll get into more of that. So Chris, go ahead. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was so numb to the fact that we traded Lindor. Like it, I was just like, okay, carrying on with my day. Uh, the cookie news that, that, that sucked. I'm not going to lie. It sucked. Uh, there's, you know, hate to see him go, you know, especially what he meant to the team the last couple of years. 
going through everything he's gone through. And he's good on top of it, too. It's not like he's, you know, just some kind of meddling, you know, fifth option in the rotation. He's good. I understand right. from a business perspective, though, but the human aspect, it just sucks. I'm not going to write the team off. I, I, I kind of think I know what they're trying to do with this. And, and again, we'll get into that a little bit further uh, in this episode, but my initial reaction was, okay, Frankie's been traded. Cool. Went to a team that I predicted he would go to. Cool. Uh, return. Yep. Eh. I'd also kind of just decide, you know, come to the realization we weren't going to get a haul like we got, you know, with Bartolo Colon or CC Sabathia or, you know, right. any of those guys that were traded before. That wasn't going to happen. So, especially when the Indians guess, set themselves up with like stand, a hard deadline. You know, the Indians set themselves with a hard deadline and told everybody that we are going to trade Lindor by the start of the season. So teams were going to be like, cool, let's sit back and wait. And that's not really great leverage. So, like, you know, a lot of people are mad that the Indians, there are people who are mad that the Indians traded Lindor, which, like, I understand that to some extent. I truly do. But then you have people who are mad that, like, the Indians didn't get this, like, monster haul for Lindor, which, while they didn't get uh, an outfielder who can help them now, what can you do? I mean, in some, they they lost. They probably the, missed their best chance to the trade him before the, last season for bets. Yeah, yeah, bets, yeah. The bets I would deal say we almost got a better much. haul for. And bets exactly. is better. Bets is better than Lindor. Yeah, teams are savvy. I mean, te- you know, it's not like you're. Tra- it's not like you're trading against the computer in MLB the show. It's like these teams are looking at it as yeah, but we don't want to get screwed on our end. So like. Yeah, I understand you want to trade Lindor, but like we would like to keep our lineup intact because now we've got like a scary good lineup with like McNeil, Lindor, Nemo, Pete Alonzo, Dominic Smith. Like it's a it's a crazy lineup and they're going to be good. So I understand why they tried to keep it intact and they said, well, we'll give you some of our best prospects that are further down the pipeline that aren't going to help us. Now, I understand all that. I get it. And honestly, if it was a four for one deal with Lindor, I would have been like, all right, cool. I'm in. Totally. Um, I think I think the problem that I keep coming back to isn't that Sir Carrasco is just like a salary dump of like what 20 some million dollars over the next two years. It's 27 over two. Okay. So 27 over two. And my problem isn't that he's a salary dump. My problem is that he is immediately the Mets second starter. <laughs> yeah. With Syndergaard being out. So that's more than that warrants an MLB ready, like someone from their lineup. Like if they're looking for starting pitching and they need it that bad, I'd be like, cool. You give me Dominic Smith. Like, sorry, that's you're you're getting Lindor, uh, your foundational franchise player. Give us your 25 year old outfielder. Yeah. Um, Cause they're going to, they're going to build like their entire team around Lindor in terms of, like advertising and stuff like that. They're they're trying to be the shiny show with the New York Yankees also in town. And you're you're completely right. If you if we're giving you a second starter, like Dominic Smith is the least that should have been added to it. Like if he's added to this deal, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like we I mean it sucks we lost Carrasco, but we have enough good arms in our rotation. We've solved our outfield problem. We ha- we we've replaced Lindor of shortstop. And like we have some prospects that like 
their top 10 prospects for the Mets. So like one of, if one of them pans out, this was a good deal for us. Cause we weren't going to, we weren't going to sign uh Lindor anyway. So yeah, I, I completely agree, Steve. So I agree. I wanted Smith as well, but thinking more on this, one thing we haven't discussed yet, guys, is the um, roster decisions that are going to be coming up next year. And unfortunately, and this is only me just kind of, you know, pulling the curtain back a little bit of my my theory of what, what they had planned. A guy like Smith only muddies the water with guys like Naylor and Bowers and Bobby Bradley and Fran Mail Reyes. I mean, they're all essentially the same mm-hmm. kind of guys. Two or two of those guys aren't going to be on the team next year. If I was betting, it'd be Bowers, Bowers. and Bradley. Like yeah. they're gone. Yeah. I mean, like it, it, if guess, I was betting, but, but uh, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, I'm just saying we have so many 40 man roster decisions to make next year by not getting a guy like Smith. That's one less decision to make. And, uh, I would, yeah, but Smith can hit in the, in the, in the majors. Yeah. Like yeah. Bobby Bradley hasn't hit shit in the, ma- like, yeah, those guys are kind of redundant, but like, uh, Smith and Framer Reyes are the only two of those guys you mentioned that should even be in like a big league lineup. And that could even like represent a, a three through six whole spot for us. Like and, the rest and of I would guys argue would be like bench guys. I agree, but yeah. I think they want to see what these other guys can do. I would say, I mean, and you know, they, there's a, there is still a, and I would say a chance that they can contend for a playoff spot next year. I don't think that it's out of the question as much as it sucks. We're going to have to start tweaking now, like our expectations and what we're excited about with this team. And I will say that I am excited for this sort of like influx of future talent. That's like immediately going to be hitting this roster. So just over the next couple of years, you're going to be exposed to guys like Josh Naylor, Tyler Freeman, Nolan Jones, this Andres Jimenez, You've got, you know, obviously uh, Bobby Bradley, see what he might have. Um, There's just like a wealth of young talent on this team in the pipeline, ready to come up that let's see what they can do. I mean, I, you know, and then obviously the young guys that, that haven't even hit the majors yet. There's, there's a ton of guys there. (sighs) (laughs) It's like, you're kind of like talking yourself into like, yeah, I'm excited to see this sort of completely reshaped roster. I, I, they must, I would say this as the Indians, there's two things. They, they now have the lowest payroll in baseball at $35 million. Ooh, so they've ooh. got room, they got room to run. We're number one. And we're number one. <laughs> <laughs> Take that devil raise. Oh my um, God. I'm so fucking disgusted by that. That number. Right there. Well, there's that, which gives them room to run with some free agents, but then also because again, We've talked about this before. This team has really, since the early 2000s, has really righted the ship in terms of its talent, scouting, and development. So there's a part of me that says also trust the process. They must be very, very uh, encouraged by what they see ready to help from their young, uh, either from the young players on the roster or who's coming up to help either this season or next. They they must feel like there's something uh, that's there. That's got to be like you're right. Like as cynical as I want to be, the the one thing we all agreed with during that uh Lindor trade episode was that our best asset is our front office, not our owner who is 
a bag of trash, uh, but our front <laughs> office, who's really great at evaluating talent and winning these types of trades. And so, like, yeah, if you have like a Nolan Jones, Tyler Freeman, if those guys are immediately ready to to contribute, I, I yeah, I don't really know how some of our guys then, uh, because you got you got Ramirez a third. So do you move one of them to the outfield? Do you like, and you have Jimenez, obviously he's going to be your shortstop. So then I, I don't know who plays second. So, I mean, there, there are some like fun things you can do if those guys are in fact ready. And I hope I'm like, it's July and I'm eating my words as like these young guys are just crushing, crushing the shit out of the ball. And we have a payroll of like $40 million and we have these guys locked up for like seven years. I pray to God that is like, I want the Indians to do well. It's just like, this feels like a total white flag when yep. it's, when you have such a good, I, I, it would be one thing if like Bieber was our only good starting pitcher and McKenzie like showed a little bit, but like, that's all we had that. Mm-hmm. that would be, okay, cool. Hopefully we can lock up Bieber long-term use that, use that extra money for that. And then like develop these guys and then make a run of it in like three years or something. But you have like a top two in the AL pitching rotation and a good, a really good bullpen. Like you, you have half of the cheat code, like, and you're just like now like, Oh, whatever. But that could change. Granted, like tomorrow we could find out like, Oh, Indians are investing 40 million in Brantley and Springer. And then it's like, Oh shit. Like let's rock and roll boys. Like I'm going to get some cigars and like get ready for a parade. (laughs) Like that would be great. But I just don't, I, I don't anticipate that headline ever happening. I'd, I'd pull a Will Ferrell and go streaking through the quad. Yeah, I would be oh, running yeah. around naked in my neighborhood, and they would have no reference for like, why is this guy in Santa Clarita like running around naked? I don't, <laughs> I didn't know he was. Well, here's, fan. I mean, here's here's the current, you know, the current situation is that the offense was trash last year. It was yeah. not good. It got it better. Has to be better towards it is, the it end. Can't be that bad. It can't be that bad two years and, in a row. And and so statistically, what we're, can't what we're kind of saying here. You had a, you had a, yes, you had a lineup with Lindor in it that was god awful. And yeah, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic and excited for the, for the infusion of like fresh faces and talent in the lineup. I know Ahmed Rosario, who we'll get into the four players we got from the Mets. I know he's sort of like a quasi failed top prospect, but hey, man, new, new environment reclamation project. Take a flyer on the guy and see what happens. Um, yeah. uh, this Andres Jimenez well, guy well, failed, and he's still decent. Still decent. Yeah. Still league uh, also, the Mets are like are not a very the Mets are not a very good organization, and it's not usually a healthy environment there. And being in New York is also like challenging for some people with the pressure yeah. that entails. So, like, I think a, a change of scenery. And what's good is if he's going to play second, which is like what I'm thinking they're probably going to do with them. Then him and uh, Jimenez, like they know each other really well. So like you already have cohesion between your 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 second baseman and shortstop, which is always a plus. And Rosario had a pretty damn good yep. 2019. He hit 287, 15 homers, 72 RBIs, a 3.23 on base percentage, uh, 30 doubles. Um, to 2020, I'm just not even whatever. That's uh, not a real but, season, yeah. No, but 2019, that was when he really kind of came into his own, and I, you know. He's kind of the throw-in guy, but I'll take it. This Jimenez is apparently a tremendous defensive shortstop. Like he was on par with Lindor last year, uh, and he appears to have a bat 
that is a, what they've sorely missed in the lineup, which is a guy who just puts the friggin' bat on the ball and gets on base. That's awesome. I'll take that. I, I am, I'm excited because I've been so frustrated by the offense for like two or three seasons that it's like, Oh yeah. It's like, like you said, Chris, it's like, this can't be any worse. <laughs> so why not let the youngins have a run at it? Let, let the young boys cook. That's fair. No, I think that's a very rational and like fair approach because our offense, yeah, our offense has held us back for a lot of seasons now. Every time we, we face a, and to be fair, the, the experiment, the post 2016 experiment, it was, it was over. Like we weren't getting close. Like 2017 was kind of our last good attempt. But then the Yankees passed us, the, the Astros passed us, the Rays, has, the Rays have passed us. And the White Sox are probably like, if we would have trotted everybody back, Santana, Lindor, like the White Sox would have passed us too. So there had to be some kind of change and infusion somewhere. And I, I want to hear what Chris thinks about the, because he's like, I have a theory. And like, I'm just going to say, if they truly do, and they always throw out the line, they did it when they got rid of Kluber as a salary dump, we're going to reinvest this, we're going to reinvest this money. We always hear, if they truly do reinvest this money, and they get, because I, I was thinking about this today, Carrasco sucks because, I one, I love the guy, but also, he's a salary dump, but he's semi-redundant in terms of, like, starting pitching. So if they re, if they invest in an outfield bat and they weren't going to get that in the trade, mm-hmm. then I'm all for what they've done here. Like I, my mood immediately yeah. changed. If if you if you're like, oh, we're going to bring back Brantley or go for like a, a Peterson or something, then I'm like, cool. You've got four guys who can mash. You got two guys from the Mets who can hit for average and probably get you ten to fifteen home runs, and you have a catcher who can hit about twenty home runs. Then all of a sudden, you're most certainly going to be competing for the wild card spot. And depending on how the the White Sox pitching like goes, because they again the White Sox are young and sexy, but they have not done a full season with this team yet. That's right. that's that's a that's always the test. We could compete for the for the uh, for the division, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I, I just I've yeah. been that's fed fair. this lie so many times. Yeah, you guys just Go nailed ahead, two points that I that I immediately thought of after I got off, got over the morning of losing cookie. It's what's next. I I like that's what affected us the most was Carrasco being traded and not Lindor. No, we didn't care at all. I made my piece. I'm I'm cold. I'm cold hearted. That's what I've learned about myself over the last year, a couple of years. You have to be as an Indians fan though, dude. You have to be as a Cleveland fan. Yeah, but it's not like, I mean, you know, he had some, he had some good moments. But I, Lindor, over the last few seasons, like we've talked about, has been frustrating enough as a player. And so it's not like he was, like, hitting 350. Right. And we were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? So what were you saying, Chris? So, so Steve, you brought up, let me let me go back to your quick points uh, between uh, Rosario and, and Jimenez. Those are two guys that could hit 270, you know, with Rosario providing a little bit more pop, uh, you know, play good defense, both of those guys. Truth be told, there is one thing that scares me about getting both those guys in the deal, and it's now this log jam, but that's a good problem to have with all of our minor leaguers. Um, mm-hmm. Dive into that at some other point. Uh, and then, Fabs, you just knocked it out of the park, man. You read my freaking mind because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trusting mm-hmm. Antonetti. 
I'm trusting Antonetti and what he says that this, these dollars will be reinvested. If we go into the year with a $35 million payroll and we're behind the freaking Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, I almost said Steelers, sorry. Sunday's the Tigers the and the Pirates. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the Marlins. We, and just, in the oh. Marlins. If we have a lower salary cap than those teams, I don't know what I'll do. Like, I, I, I seriously don't know what I'll do. And, <laughs> You know, maybe I'll maybe we'll we'll get a GoFundMe for the Dolans or something like that to help them afford, like you know, pitching a uh, pitching machine or something. I don't know, but you bring up a point. I'm trusting Antonetti when he says that this these dollars are going to be reinvested. To me, that means hopefully locking up some of these younger guys, buying the first year or two out of their free agency with extensions, fingers crossed, and then go out and get me two free agents. I'm not asking the world, get me a left fielder. You just said two names in Brantley and Peterson that I wrote down. I have a list of four names and those are two of the guys. Brantley, I think is probably the most unlikely of the four names, but boy, would that be a story. My other names are, and that would be enough to offset the other. That would yeah. be a lot to offset the, and then, the pain of losing Lindor and uh, Cookie. Ex- exactly, exactly. Go get me an Eddie Rosario type dude who hits 270, mashes 25 home runs, destroys Indians pitching, so he can't destroy Indians pitching anymore if he's on our team. The man owes exactly. owns a, the man owns is, is three is a, has a 353 batting average at Progressive Field in 45 games. The dude rakes at progressive oh field. Yeah. Yeah. Go get me him. He's going to cost you seven, seven and a half million dollars a season. For two years, you can freaking afford that. And then go get me a veteran yeah. bullpen arm as well. If you get me a veteran bullpen arm who can kind of just, you know, teach these youngins how to, how to, you know, get their routine ready in the bullpen, eat up some innings, and get me Eddie Rosario, this deal looks so much better. And you know what your payroll is going to be? Forty-five to fifty million dollars. <laughs> it's still going to be still piss poor, still really still bad, piss poor. But you just went out and got two free agency, two free agents. Hopefully, locked up some young guys. You know, like a a, a Bieber. And you know what? Okay, I can I can live with this deal a lot better at that point. It'd also be funny if Lindor doesn't come to an agreement long term with the Mets. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, no, I'm that, gonna test the waters. Good. I don't wanna I don't wanna play here. <laughs> I hate that's this organization. I'll see you. <laughs> you guys didn't bring the probably go the best jerseys they'll, they'll like try I to go the Mookie. Oh my god, these are so nice. I love I might get a black Mets Lindor jersey. That'd be cool. Ooh, I'll I get a crash going, maybe. Oh yeah, I'd do Crasco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, you could get it for like fifty fifty percent off or something. So yeah, I mean that it logically that seems to be the path they're going on, which is our outfield's a mess. None of the positions are secure. We literally don't have anybody slotted in for any of the outfield spots. Um, I would assume that making the move of moving Carrasco, which if you take the emotional aspect out of it, he's 33 years old. Right. And yeah, 
where the Indians currently are for the price that he's being paid, it's under it's a completely understandable move. Um, if it, it was like, yeah. and you have a lot of redundancy, as Fab said in the rotation, right? So if there was ever a spot where you could afford to dump a pretty considerable amount of salary, it's there. And also, they've had some albatross contract. I mean. By their standards, <laughs> albatross <laughs> contracts in Kipnis. four million a year. <laughs> yep, Kipnis uh, when he was on the books. Kipnis Lindor now gone, obviously, and then Carrasco. Like you know, and and Kluber when he was here. It's like they're shedding these like guys at the end of the line for either in their career or just the natural progression of leaving um, to where they do have that flexibility now to where they, they could go out and sign like, I mean, two, could we get crazy and sign three free agents at like cheapy sort of deals, uh, bring in, you know, those under the radar types of like Cesar Hernandez type deals where it's like, nobody really thinks about it until he goes and leads the team and, uh, batting average, you know, or whatever it was, he led the team in, uh, runners and hitting batting average with runners in scoring position. Like he was just like the a dynamo on that offense. And he's still out there, but there's no way on earth he's coming back. Now. I don't think you're going to so, get him yeah. though now with this deal. That's what I'm seeing. I'm thinking like there's no way we've talked about yeah. it, bringing him back, but yeah, it's not happening. But but they now have a young 22 year old who's in the middle of their lineup or middle of their infield for a number of years to come, and seems to be you know a pretty good I hitter mean, in Andres Jimenez. So you know, the, it's the hard. Awesome. Be- oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, I mean it's just hard because you know it's it's one of those deals where it doesn't knock your socks off like right off the bat when you look at it because it's not, oh, we didn't get the Mets top three prospects plus Jeff McNeil. Like, what the hell? But it's one of those deals where, and like you said, Chris, like trust Antonetti. If I'm trusting this this team, I mean, you think about the guys that they've acquired through trade over the years. Mike Clevenger, Corey Kluber, Fran Mill Reyes now, Michael Brantley, uh, just it, the the list just is like insane, and it's really impressive. And, and yeah, I mean, even Carlos Santana. So I'm willing to see what happens. I'm not counting them out. Uh, we haven't even talked about the two freaking prospects that that they got in return yet uh, from the Mets that were ranked in their top ten overall. So I mean, you just took twenty mm-hmm. percent of their top prospects. And that's not a bad, that's not anything to like dismiss. It's just that you're going to have to wait and see. And by all accounts, the Indians are slated to have one of the best farm systems in baseball. And it just got like that much stronger. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is sort of a retooling, but like maybe it like, and I think you said this, Chris, like in our text beforehand, where we are in January versus where we might be in like March that will tell maybe hopefully a different story of where this trade feels. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're totally right. And it, it is so hard to, to judge these deals. Like everybody wants to be like, let's grade it. Like what, what, it, like what, what's the grade on this deal? Uh, they want to, who, who won it? it was, this was the Mets, the Mets like robbed the Indians. But the fact of it is the Indians waited too long to deal in door. They should have done it last season or at the trade deadline the previous season when we were behind the twins. So then you're trading them. You get a massive haul because then you have them 
for two and a half years before you even have to worry about a deal. But the reality is a bunch of teams lost money. A bunch of teams weren't in a position where they wanted to spend that money. The Dodgers essentially, by winning the World Series, weren't going to do this deal. They just mm-hmm. did a big trade for Mookie Betts. They just invested a lot in him. Uh, they have Seager. Uh, the Yankees, they, they're they tapped out with money. They, they don't have another $350 million because they're using it on Stan. So that's already two, that's already 25% of teams that would even like do this deal. The, uh, the Padres just did, uh, some major deals where they're going to have to put, invest a lot of money. And so like they might have a little bit of money, but like the Padres are another one. So now you're talking about like three, four teams max that you can deal him, deal him to, or unless you want like a team that's like, okay, we're going to go for it this year, like a, a, a Toronto Raptors type thing where we're going to go for like and, and get Kawhi knowing that we're not going to keep him like that. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to get anything. So I think it's just like if, if Carrasco isn't attached to this deal, we're, we're applauding it and we're like, awesome. Like we, we have some guys who can get on base uh, this, they can be uh one and two in the lineup. And then uh, it's going to, it's going to pump up the numbers for like Reyes and Ramirez uh, because now they're going to like have guys on base way more often and then we can see what the young guys do. And, and they might have a little bit of money to get an outfielder uh, like a Rosario and, and have a $60 million payroll. That's, that's, that's exactly like what this conversation is. But the, the nervousness sets in because we've seen this before where it's like, Oh, do we just lose Carrasco for absolutely nothing where they're telling us they're going to replace him, but they're really not. Because in Dolan's head, he's like, okay, if we keep the payroll at 35 million and I was anticipating spending 85, I lost 50 million last year. That's our 85 million. We're done. Right. See you next season. So like, that's yeah. what we're waiting on. So in two months going in open a day, we might be super jacked being like, dude, Peterson's going to have a big year. Rosario is going to like crush for us. Our bullpen is going to be like a top three bullpen. We have one of the best uh, rotations in the league. And like, we have guys that to, like, we can be a throwback to that. The, to one of Steve's favorite teams, the two years of the Royals where we just play good defense, get on base and have a shutdown pitching. I would love that. It'll be That's very interesting too. to see. That's that a would sustainable be, model. Yeah. yeah. That no one I mean, wants to replicate. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sexy. It doesn't. It, do, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, get the juices flowing. Yeah, exactly. Four or two wins aren't that exciting. I want launch angle home runs. Well, that's yeah, and it's like people just have to, you know, finally come to the uh, understanding that we are far more of a Royals, A's, Rays type of organization than we are the Red Sox. The Yankees, the Mets, the Angels. It's like, I don't understand how people haven't like figured that out yet. And I'm not defending Dolan's by any means with the payroll. It's like, it's a, an atrociously low payroll, but I'm not saying also that we have to go and have a payroll that's $250 million where we're stuck with like Corey Kluber and Lindor's the only offensive guy we have because we gave him $35 million. And we're the angels for 10 years. So like, yeah, there's a middle ground there. Um, it's, it's it, like you said, it's like, yeah, that nervousness kind of sets in where it's like, yeah, you're saying that you're going to reinvest this money, but like, it will be very telling because they've done this before too, where like they've had a few years where they've signed nobody or they didn't make a trade at the deadline. And they're like, yeah, the market just didn't like open itself up the way we thought. And they've said that before where it's like, uh, <laughs> okay. And, uh, 
you know, so we'll, we'll just have to see, but man, yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be an interesting couple of months waiting for that. I would say hopefully this, uh, this moves gets, uh, the hot stove coals burning a little, little bit at least. I mean, cause yeah, it's super weird. Hell, like the, it's, been it's slow. Baseball is like completely changed with, with its off season. Like it's, it's, you can go three months without any kind of like any kind of baseball news in the, in the off season. Whereas I felt like in years, like years ago, it was, you know, every week there was some, something happening. Unfortunately, I think that's, you know, this, this pandemic, uh, economy that we're, you know, post pan fingers crossed post pandemic, uh, economy we're living in, um, that, you know, all these owners are calling or crying, you know, poor now, you know, maybe this is just one of those things that, Hey, you know, the, the market's not going to heat up till end of the end of January, early February, you know, right before teams start reporting. Yeah. I think it's been kind of similar to the last couple to the last couple of off seasons because I think a lot of teams are unwilling to shell out huge money for a lot of these guys. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, last two or so, three. So okay, now that we know the team, now that we know the team and the market, how much do you think his extent assuming he resigns with the Mets, like what do you what do you think his extension is gonna be? I think it's gonna be a ten year thirty five million dollar a year average. I think you're looking at something wow. 350, yep. 350 plus. Jesus yep. Christ. Yeah, I, I would, I and, would and say somewhere Steve Cohen, Yeah, it's going to be the new insane. owner is is all in on that. Oh yeah, he's got the he's got the money. He's he doesn't care. I mean, hey, you know, good on you, New York. Enjoy them. Yeah, I mean they're they're comfortable they're comfortable spending the money because you know if their pitching is healthy, which is always the biggest issue for the Mets because they're always they always like hang around in that that division. But then like Syndergaard goes down, or uh, who's their other who's their other ace? Um, Degrom. Degrom. The, yeah, Degrom Jacob goes DeGrom. down. Yeah, I mean if those two guys are healthy with Carrasco. Holy God, is that a good like? Pitching rotation. That's, that's mm-hmm. the best in their they division. They got Stroman too. Yeah. Oh my like God. That's, that's right. Yeah. They got Marcus yeah, Stroman. Yeah. That's sick. Like that team could be really great. And if they and they're talking about how they might even like try to go for Springer, which is like bonk, like holy God. That's they'll, they'll compete for the in the NL. Then like they'll probably beat the Braves yeah. out for the division. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I <laughs> any of those guys who have signed for thirty thirty five million plus yet, I don't see them winning any World Series. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, between you know the Harpers, well, actually Mookie. I don't. I can't remember what his deal was, but it was pretty big. Um, I think it was three hundred eight million. <laughs> God, I don't know why I know that. Um, but so I guess Mookie just did. But you know the Harp, th- those big splash ones with teams that you know are you know trying to like make that big splash between you know when it's the, you know Harper to the Phillies or uh, Stanton even to the Yankees. It's like. You know, they took on his deal, but uh, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll see. But Chris, I wanted you to because this is your your one of your second favorite teams uh, or second favorite team, I would say. They were in. This is kind of an interesting tidbit: is they were in the the uh, runner up position for Lindor, and it was one that we had talked about in the scenario. But I wanted you to have the honor. The Blue Jays, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not I'm not really surprised that they were uh, the runner-up, as as Fabs you know just went over the list of teams that really were in the hunt. I mean, 
outside of the Mets, uh, you know, the, the the list was getting thin of teams that actually were going to willing to spend and, and make a, an impact trade like this. You know, hearing that it was more heavily dependent with the Jays on lower level prospects. Uh, <laughs> no, that, thanks. That, yeah, it's no, thanks. In the Indians best interest that we didn't go that route because um, that would be a super hard sell yeah. to a lot of the casual fans. Um, you know, there might be some names that the three of us are familiar with that, uh, you know, diehards are really familiar with, you know, the guys going to, uh, Lake County and collecting autographs are familiar with, but the casual fan, they don't, they don't know, uh, (laughs) some of those names deeper down the, uh, list there. So I'm, I'm happy that we didn't, um, didn't make those that trade. I mean, the two guys that the two young prospects we did get are young. I mean, this Josh Wolf kid's twenty, the pitcher, and Isaiah Green is nineteen. He just got drafted this year. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's not like we didn't come out of this thing with you know, like Steve had said before, you know, all major league ready prospects. But I also think that that was kind of by design with this with the current roster construction because again, like I mentioned, we're going to have some. 40-man decisions to make next season before the Rule 5 draft. I was looking at it this year, or, I'm sorry, this morning, and there's like three names that I could cross off on that 40-man roster. Everybody else has got some huge yeah. question marks. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, based based on the trajectory of the organization, for a guy like, uh, for guys like Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green, they might be coming up sort of in that new era of players when they're like fully ready to contend again. I mean, it's hard to say in like three to four years what a team will be, but I mean, you have to assume in three to four years that team's going to be loaded with like all of this young talent that's in the system. Where like when you look at the Indians' top prospects, they're you know, their top 30 prospect rankings on MLB.com the majority of these players are slated to play to you know crack the ro- the major league roster 2022-2023 a lot of their like guys who are like single a advanced or whatever right now you know or have, the Indians aren't usually ones to fast track so most of those guys won't be here for a couple seasons but like all of a sudden then you have this sort of just influx of young talent and then you kind of just have to say well what do we have you know so I will say this. I mean, you know, it's uh, hard. It's like a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. I was going to say the Lake County captains are going to be stacked this year. So if you don't want to go downtown. So that's the silver lining. That's the silver lining. Silver lining. Silver lining. Dude. The Lake County captains are going to be stacked. If you don't want to drive downtown. Oh, my God. You know, $50 on a ticket. Take the family out. You can get a family into that that stadium and catch a good game for fifty bucks. You're going to see a lot of errors. Yeah, if you're in Columbus and you're an Indians fan, yeah, you don't need to drive up to Clippers Cleveland. Game. Go go see it. that stadium's amazing because it's going to be right next to the new Cruise Stadium right downtown. It's amazing. Heck, Akron, Akron people, hey. catch a rubber ducks game. The, the minor leagues, the minor league counties are going to be stacked. Uh, they advance now, baby. I'm I'm not bashing it. I'm actually really excited. I told my wife, we usually get to, you know, we take our kids to a game or two there a year. I kind of want to go see like five or six games there this year. I mean, it is fun because like, you know, those guys are going to be like, some of those dudes are going to be on the Indians in like four or five years. 
And yep. I mean, the one thing that is good is like, let's say they, they invest in a outfielder and uh, we got, we got our middle infield taken care of with this trade. The, the Indians might not be like, you know, front runners for the next two or three seasons, but they can at least be competitive competing for a wild card. If they can improve the offense mm-hmm. a little bit, because their pitching set, their bullpens pretty much set. Um, maybe a couple like small holes to fill. And if any of these young guys deliver at all, then this is going to be like a playoff competing team, especially if they expand the playoffs again to to seven teams or whatever. I don't know what their date. I don't think they made a decision yet on that. Um, but then like you're saying, Steve, we have all these great young guys. And if you, if you can sustain that for two years, then these young guys come up, you still have all of your pitching is young. Bieber's like your mm-hmm. oldest pitcher now at 25 years old. And so like, <laughs> if you lock him up, he's going to be like your veteran ace at 28. Where right. all these young guys come and then you're competing against like the White Sox for a division. So like this can be, I, I know the approach and this is why one of the re- comments on like why they didn't do the Blue Jays deal so they can sustain the short term and be basically the Cardinals where you might have a, a slippage year like we had two years ago or this year where we only win 83, 84 games. But then next year you got your your young guys who get some time up this year, maybe they're ready to have like an impactful year. You still have Framo Reyes, you still have Ramirez, and all of a sudden, like you're competing again for the division. And you, and you had one year where you didn't even like win sixty games; you won like eighty one games, eighty three games. Mm-hmm. I think that's palatable as a Cleveland fan. That cardinal that Cardinals comparison is really good, actually. I, that's a team that always kind of slips the mind. They're always there, and then they just show up in the NLCS. You're like, oh, exactly. fuck these guys. <laughs> exactly. Them they again. go on like a 12-game oh, winning Matt streak. Carpenter's stupid face. Right. <laughs> I know. Oh, I hate them, but yeah, they're they're always there. And the the, uh, the exciting thing, hey, if we win 80-something games this year, we also find out the name change. We find out we'll become the Cleveland Rock and Rollers or some stupid shit like that. So that would be <laughs> exciting. You want to watch me, Matt? You want to watch me go mad, dog? Wait, wait till they unleash the name that I hate. I'll God go damn, Cleveland Rockets! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I think by that point we need to just have, be that we need for to two have straight a, hours. Uh, a video component to the podcast. <laughs> oh my people god! Yes. Demand, people will demand it of us. And be like, we got to see how oh these, these MFers react. And just like how bad the uniforms can be if they choose a stupid name like the Rockers. Oh. Like you know, it's like. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was like old records on like all the? It's like, oh my god, why are you yeah. doing this? Or why like, do you hate us so much? Across the entire like sleeve and back, it's just like a guitar neck, and like <laughs> it's just like this horrid like looking thing. <laughs> or the like the name on the front rockers is like a guitar shape, and there's like a fake a faux strap that goes around the back, and oh. you're just like, oh, and like. God. They're the first team ever with their hats to, to have me. like a three D thing where like it's a guitar sticking out of the front of the hat, like it's like a novelty hat. <laughs> Just like endless you're gonna, rock and you're roll, go baby. With a sucky name, embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they did do these like really insane uniforms, I guess that would be the yeah. silver lining of like having a shitty name is like to own the craziest uniforms ever. <laughs> right. I think. Uh, Going back to uh, just just thinking about this team in general, it's like I actually I I compare them a lot to 
like for of another sport, uh, the, like the Clippers and the Rockets, where okay. the Clippers with like Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George, you're like, oh shit, how does this team not going to go to the finals? Like this, this is like built for a finals like dynasty. Yeah, Russell Westbrook goes to the Rockets with James Harden. You're like, sweet, I can't wait to see this. Like this is going to be a fun team, and there's yeah. just like something missing, and. It's like you can't put your finger on it, but and like you're they're fun enough to watch, but like there's something there where you're like, I don't think this is gonna work. And like it didn't work with the Rockets to where they already shipped Westbrook out. And it could just be because like James Harden's a psycho, but yeah, that's fair. Which like that could be the case. But like it was the same feeling with the Indians where like over the past couple of seasons, even with the pitching staff that we had, it was like, you know. I don't know if this is going to work the way this team is constructed. And I, as much as it might stink to be going, there might be some painful years ahead. Maybe, maybe not. I am excited to finally be entering like the new era that we knew would be coming. And it's like, let's just, let's see where this plays out because it's a fresh team. Now it's a lot of young, hungry guys trying to make an impact. And we haven't had that for a long time. And sometimes that goes well. Sometimes that bodes well for teams. I mean, it works well for a lot of these mid-market teams that can um, that can draft well because these guys are ready to play immediately. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think just kind of like wrapping up my thoughts on it. It's I, I'm. I think the future is bright. The short term is a little muddier. But let's see what happens when they. Let's see where we're at in March. And if we're at, we're at this, we're, if we're at a thirty-five million dollar payroll in March, I'll I'll help lead the the angry mob in the progressive field. So you know, <laughs> we'll we'll just see where we'll wait. I was going to say, I think that thing that was missing the last couple of years, Steve, uh, in hindsight, twenty twenty was clutch hitting. So hopefully, with getting you know more of an yeah. infusion. And putting a more em- putting more emphasis on guys with just contact bats, a la those KC Royal teams that you hold near and dear, you know that that yes, hopefully gets alleviated. You know, I mean, I would take a team of three hundred hitters that all hit twenty home runs over a team of guys that hit two forty, and you got a couple masters that hit forty five home runs. That's just me personally. Oh, absolutely, especially with this pitching staff. I don't care if you know we win games four to two, four to three, uh, three to one. Uh, it doesn't need to be sexy. I personally, I'm a weirdo. I love those kinds of games too. But you know, just kind of putting my bow I mean, on, that's baseball, on everything you know? is. Yeah, it's baseball. I mean, it's. I love pitching. I love pitcher duels. I mean, sue me. Yeah, me I too. Guess. But to, to kind of put my bow on it, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be severely disappointed. If uh, Antonini's rewards don't ring true and they reinvest this these funds, um, like I said, I think you can go out and spend ten to twelve million dollars, basically Cookie's contract for this year, and really help improve the outfield and the bullpen. You address mm-hmm. a couple other needs. You know, there's that's two less positions you have to worry about that you got questions about. I mean, I've I'm I'm going to beat the Eddie Rosario drum until he. Goes someplace else. That's the guy I want. <laughs> when he when he inevitably goes somewhere um, else. <laughs> when he goes, when he signs with Texas or somebody like that, you know, 
We'll just be like, yeah, oh, for like $7 million. What am I missing here? That's what his deal is going to be. That's what his deal is going to be. It's like $7 million a year, which is the, the mm-hmm. potentially frustrating part. But yeah, you know, come March, hopefully, like Fab said, we're chomping at the bit to, you know, for, for opening day and we've made these moves and we're rocking and rolling and, you know, ready to go with the, uh, a team that should at least be 500, you know, like the Cardinals, like you said, Fabs, you know, I, I don't, I yeah. still with this pitching, I don't see why we can't be an 81 to 90 win club. That's a pretty big range, those nine games, but still, I don't think that that's a huge ass. Especially with, if we hit, yeah, especially if our offense is like anything at all, because we did, we had a good season last year and our offense was historically terrible. Yeah. Okay, so to put my bow on it, if we add an outfielder, I'm I'm in a good mental place with this team. I think we can even compete for the division against the White Sox because I'm still not really sold on their pitching. I think the Twins are old and the Royals and Tigers are several years away. But if our payroll is $35 million going into opening day, if your name is Dolan, you should be banned from owning a fucking team. You can't run the Knicks. <laughs> You can't run this team. <laughs> if you don't want to spend money, like don't own the team because like we get the impression you hate this fucking city. Why are you in? Why did you buy the Indians to begin with? Like we want somebody who actually cares about this part of the country. Like we don't want some stupid motherfucker, some dumb outsider who, if you're going to be an outsider and like throw a bunch of money around, that's one thing. Like Jimmy Haslam. Like, I I know Jimmy Haslam probably will go to jail at some point in his life, um, (laughs) but he's willing to spend the money. So, like, I appreciate that. Same with Dan Gilbert. He's a Detroit dude, but Dan Gilbert always spent the money when we had LeBron. Like, if you're going to be a local person and then try to, like, run the team like this, that's one thing because I know you still are trying your best. You care. You grew up caring about this team, but the Dolans didn't grow up here. Like, they don't give a shit about the Cleveland Indians. They care about keeping costs low, Rebranding the team, making money off of that, and getting no, a new these Dolans, Fox Sports Fabs, deal. These Dolans did. These Dolans did did grow up in Cleveland. Oh, they did. Well, there's no excuse then. Um, I don't want to hear about dollar dog nights or fireworks. I don't care that you let my kid run the bases. Um, I'd rather sit in a cage in the ballpark eating cold soup of a ladle. <laughs> if you meant, if it meant you were going to invest in the team. Put the money on the field because your cargo fuck crates in right field don't win as pennants and they look really tacky and stupid. Um, and like Steve said last time, they don't look like the mock-ups. And so like they're, they, they should go, they should go tomorrow. Like we just want to win one world series. That's all we are asking for. If you can literally get two dudes to play outfield to make our payroll $50 million which is still embarrassingly low, you better sure as shit do it before opening day. Because like that's our like our only thing like that we're deficient in is our offense. And it's been like that for several seasons. I'm not mm-hmm. adding, none of us here have advocated at all for spending for jumping the payroll up to eighty million dollars this season. Right. Which is time which out. is still like yeah, good. I, I was gonna say eighty million we should be we should have a payroll. That never goes below eighty million. 
Oh no, you're totally you're totally right. Eighty million. We looked it up last time. Puts us like number twenty four or twenty five <laughs> yeah, in the, the right. entire league. We're at this point. We're so pathetic on our knees, groveling to you. Like, please, sir, spend fifty million dollars this year on the Cleveland Indians to field a team that has a great rotation with some great young core guys. Please, for the love of God, like, and we have two teams in our division who suck ass. Like, we're going to have built in like 30 wins with just our division. And we don't even know what travel is going to look like. So we might have extra games in our division this year and play the Tigers and Royals more. So there's like no excuse. We're not advocating for you to add $40 million to the payroll. Add $15 million, reinvest the Carrasco money and like buy back some of the goodwill. We knew Lindor wasn't staying here. None of us give a shit that you didn't sign him long-term because he hasn't been that productive the last couple of seasons. I love him. He's still great defensively, but nobody has lived up. Not even Mike Trout has lived up to his $400 million contract. He's not leading them to the playoffs anytime soon. So just spend a little, like a little bit of money because Mm -hmm. you're going to make over a billion dollars when you sell this team. And I hope it's, I hope tomorrow the news is you sell the team and we have to jump on again to celebrate Dan Gilbert buying the Indians. That would be great. <laughs> we could be, we should be so lucky, but just like get our payroll up to $50 million. So we're not dead last. That's all I want. That's not a huge ask. Yeah. I no, especially with the crop of free agents that are out there uh, just from just in the outfield space. Uh, there are so many names that are out there that are worth getting and, and not names that are like pipe dreams like George Springer. There are lots of great depth picks that, that are very high quality, typical types of Indian signings that honestly build the depth that you need. And it would be an indefensible non-move if they don't do, if they, if they stood pat here and they were like, that's it. We're going to go into the season and we're going to see what we got. However, I don't get the vibe that they're necessarily like that. I know that people give them a really hard time and like it's mostly deserved, but like they have to be looking at their payroll right now at $35 million and being like, yeah, we got room here. Like the reason we dumped Cookie was to spend that money on whatever the case might be. It might be a bullpen arm. It might be an outfielder or two outfielders at this point based on the... Yeah, the that's, deal that's that you the, could probably that's where the business side get. comes into it all. Right. Well, who brought up, uh, I think Chris brought up very astutely, Carrasco is 33. Like, he's had a lot of injuries. I love him. So, like, he's, if they made the, the 32? He's 33. No, yeah, he's right in that ballpark. Okay. He's right in that ballpark, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's typically when like a lot of pitchers like really start to decline unless you're Justin Verlander and you're doing shady shit, but like <laughs> that's when the decline that's when the decline happens. So if you basically can swap Carrasco for a Rosario or a bullpen arm, then awesome. You filled an area of need and you you've removed somebody that was like kind of redundant and he gets to go be on a competitive team. It's not like you shipped him off to like Kansas city to just kind of rot away. Like he's going to be the number two start, like starting pitcher. Then number three, he's going to be pitching in the playoffs next season. So like he got a good deal yeah. too. Like it's like, it, it sucks. I miss him. Right. Like, I, I love Carlos Carrasco, but like they did what was good for him. 
and now just do what's good for the team and spend the money. Cause if they do, then awesome. Like I'm, right. I, I'm in a good spot. Like I think we can compete for the division. If we stay healthy, if we add an outfielder and a bullpen arm, hundred percent, hundred percent. I said, just, just kind of quickly, you know, just to reiterate, I mean, unfortunately the cookie thing is a bummer, but the business side of it, as Fab has just alluded to is he, he was redundant. He is getting to an age when pitching declines. Um, we we have like seven number five starters on our roster right now too, so something's got to give. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it was Cookie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the jury's out on on how this is going to look. Um, we'll see where we're at in March, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. But I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm cautious. I might be a psychopath. I'm cautiously optimistic about this team regardless at the moment, but they have, if we want to have really a like a legit chance to compete and not just kid ourselves, they, they have to sign. There has to be a move and you know, I, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I would, but I would say the, for the timing of it and, and being the fact that most teams knew that they had leverage over the Indians for what they got for Lindor, I don't know if you could have gotten much better from any other team, honestly. And that's just like the way it is. And if you can turn Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco into like six acquired players over whatever the timeline ends up being for when they actually contribute, I can't argue with that. I mean, I really, it's like, how do you argue with that? That's no, like you're, as good you're as totally, you're totally yeah, right, Steve. So we'll see. We'll see. It's, you know, I understand fans anger now. Um, I totally do. I think for casual fans, it's a gigantic bummer to once again, lose a guy that was the face of the franchise, but this, you know, this could be one of those moves that keeps the Indians competitive and, and doesn't put us into the depths of despair for like 15 years. So would I trade, would I trade the feelings of, competing for 15 or what I trade this feeling of like, you know, being kind of down about it for 15 years of like, you know, being, or, or, you know, being competitive for like the next like five to 10 years still like, yeah, I would, I would much rather be competitive. I don't know if any of that just made sense, but no, no it's you're super right. late no. when we're recording it. But, no, what, so. you're, what you're saying though is like, yeah, the, the worst news, honestly, for us to be competitive would have been, the Indians have extended him for $350 million. Because then it's like, oh, well, we're never going to have a free agent for the next well, 10 years. Um, the worst, yeah. I would say the worst news is it, we extend Kipnis, we extend Brantley, we extend Bauer, <laughs> we extend Kluber, we extend Frankie. We have had a wealth of players come through here, you know, these last four or five years. And if we would have extended all of them to, to age 38, just throwing a number out there. We would be so catastrophically effed by the end of the oh, week. Yeah. Our payroll would be like hundred <laughs> our payroll would be like $180 million too. Like Yeah. I mean, the one thing a quick analogy that I've kind of come up on my own, and, and I hate to, you know, prolong this too much, but I've started viewing the Indians as a kind of in the light of a college football team. Your Ohio States, you know, whomever you root for, those guys are going to be there for three, four years if you're lucky. 
with the Indians, some of the better talent is going to be here for six, maybe seven years. Heck, you know, Jose, if, if we can get some guys to do some Jose deals, maybe, you know, maybe we get them around for a decade. So that that's the, that's how I justify it. That's, that's the piece I've made. You know, I, I, I don't want to tell, I don't want to tell people how to, you know, come to that, you know, but for me, that's, that's kind of my justification. You know, it's like, Hey, you know what? And then there's going to be a new crop, you know, there's going to be another core guys for the next, you know, seven, eight years. And Steve's very excited. I'm very excited. Um, I, I, you know what? Fabs, I'm going to say you're very excited too. Once you I step, am. No, step I step back. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I am. Like I, I, I think if they do spend the money, I'm like super excited about the team next year because I do want to see like with Steve's earliest point, like from the get go, not it wasn't working. Like we, yeah. like something was something's been missing for a few seasons now, and you know, like just bringing back the same dudes every year is not working. Like having great starting pitching isn't working once you get to the postseason. Um, like you need that, but you offensively just nothing has been working for several years now. So I, I'm Lindor hasn't had a great offensive season for like three years now since like 2018, I think. And so it's like, okay, like it sucks. And if, if, uh, Jimenez like replaces him defensively and, and bats like 280 or, or 300. Then like awesome, like it's not that much of a. I know like war wise, there's probably like a difference, but like not that much of a step down in terms of like having somebody on base because mm-hmm. you know like uh, so yeah. I mean we had to do something, so I'm I'm really hoping yeah they add some talent in the outfield because we we need it. Um, I think that that would kind of be that's that's like the tr- like that's where we're all at. It's like we're in the trust fall exercise where it's like you let me fall one time just now. Was that to build character? I don't know. I'm going to let you, I'm going to do it one more time. If you drop me, oh, I'm not going to talk to you the rest of this retreat, motherfucker. But if you catch me, I knew that was, that was to build character. So, so like, let's see what happens going into March and be optimistic because remember, we still have Ramirez. We have the middle of our infield set. We have some good young guys. We still have Framo Reyes. We still have Perez and we still have a really great bullpen and a great starting pitching rotation. So. It's not, we're not like the Marlins where we just fire sailed, where we extended John Carlos Stan for $350 million and then immediately trade him for nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and I'll end, I'll end it here. Every, you know, Chris, you were saying, you know, there's that new crop of guys coming up. This happens all the time. And you view it as a college football team where there's like, like that, that turnover. Guess what? Every new crop of players, you fall in love with the next crop. We thought yeah. the world was ending when like the Tommy Ramirez years were over. Then we then we were so happy during the CC Grady Sizemore era, mm-hmm. Victor Martinez. Oh my God, those guys are all gone. What are we going to do? This team's going to suck forever. Oh wait a minute, Carlos Santana, uh, Francisco Lindor, the Michael Brantley years. Like, yep. oh wow, huge fan favorites. Guess what, everybody? It's going to happen again. Like. How, how do you know you're not going to fall in love with like a Nolan Jones or a Tyler Freeman? And then you forget who Francisco Lindor is. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, Kluber, yeah. Kluber got shipped out as a two time Cy Young winner. And we were like, Oh my God. Or like, we love that guy. Then like Bieber comes along. And we're like, who? Like, yeah, Oh yeah. I mean, Kluber. Okay. Whatever. Like and Kluber that's how it is since like he's been yeah. injured. Like they kind yeah. of, the writing was two on years the wall. In a row. And like if correct. Yeah. 
So like I hope I hope Carrasco doesn't get injured next year. But like if Lindor hits like two seventy and like uh, Jimenez hits like two eighty five and there's like not that big of a difference, like in terms of like RBIs or errors or anything, then it's like cool. Like we just replicated and like we have some prospects to show for it. So right, exactly. And at the end of the day, you're always the one thing you're always rooting say- for the name on the front, and not on the back. The Rockers. The- the one thing I'll say is, folks, start buying your jerseys from China. Don't spend $120 at the team shop. Spend $20 from China. Those $20 there, jerseys are a lot easier to replace. Yeah, I that's did true. secretly buy yeah. Lindor, but I have a gray Cleveland one, which is great because there's no name and it just says Cleveland on it. So that will, whatever our name change is, it will still work. I don't think we're ever going to be sponsored by the Indians or ever be supported because we've called Paul Dolan a shitbag and we told people not to buy their jerseys from the actual team right. shop. So, and I accuse them of not being from hat. Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> they can buy the hats and the t-shirts and the pennants and, and all the other, you know, trinkets, but just don't, don't spend, you know, the $150 jersey. That's all. Yeah. So well, what like if you get jersey. jerseys? Yeah, so right. what if you get a jersey with a misspelled name? You know, everybody knows what you're going for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get the general gist. Yeah, well, I still don't yeah. think we'll be uh, broadcasting from t- from Tribe Fest anytime soon, but uh, <laughs> I do second that notion. We did um, shit on it right. last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so process your feelings. We will be back to talk more about this. Uh, let Let your emotions, you know, simmer for a while. Let the anger subside. Start to think a little bit more about the future. The future is bright. Be happy about that. And uh, we'll be back with more uh, more on this in future episodes. Tomorrow. So be sure to follow us on social <laughs> at Cal Penal Pod on your preferred social media of choice. And uh, we will catch you guys later. Cargo crates. <laughs>